seems unlikely to just start normally without any problems. It's been a while since it's been the case. I'm confused there. It all seems to be working. It all seems to be in order. The live stream is streaming. The radio stream is streaming. I'm not on fire as such. I mean, obviously, I'm on fire, baby. I've got cystitis. I haven't. Um, well, I mean, is that is that what being on fire means? Like, whoa, Michael Jordan's on fire right now. It means he's got the clap. I think he's got he's got some sort of urinary tract infection, and that's why he's scratching at it so much. It feels like the piss coming out of his penis is literal fire. That's what it means. Well, it seems okay. I mean, this shonky uh, Cy20 powered internet seems to be on track. Um, <clears throat> uh, so that's nice. I mean, I guess he's pedaling harder. He's forcing the internets down the pipe better. His homemade internets that he whittles out of wood. Um, he's whittled recently. He's whittled a spoon. Uh, he's whittled um, just sort of whittled a stick into a smaller stick. And now it's now whittling internets, just with a sort of, um, just a kind of camping knife, just, just whittling away and push that down the fiber optic pipes. And they go into, into the tubes, come all the way down here and all the way to you. It's an archaic process, but it does the job occasionally. Um, go, oh, Squidge is back. Jesus Christ, where the hell have you been? What, what have you been doing? Have you been, I don't know, have you been in prison? <laughs> Have you? I wouldn't be surprised. Have you been? Have you been held hostage? Have you been? Have you been in the gulag? Have you been in Corbin's gulag? He's got you in there, torturing you, finding out what you know. Yeah, well, Squidge'd never talk. He'd never talk. No way. He'd never, he'd never go rogue. He'd never turn Supergrass on his Lobo pals. Never. He was in prison for crimes against Jump Up. Wow. Well, that that is a shame. That really, that really is a shame. Guys, listen. Yeah, it's Tuesday. Everything to be seems to be roughly going as planned. Uh, there's coffee in the cup. Uh, there's images and audio on the stream. Um, my junk is currently uh, not besmirched by pox. What more can you ask for, really? Ladies and gentlemen, it's coffee and memes. Steady job, a couple extra potatoes, that's all I want. You're getting on, you're pushing 30, Sluggy. You know, it's time to think about getting some ambition. Well, I always figured I'd live a little bit longer without it. Don't forget, kid, that what you're trying to do here is to be bright and chipper and entertaining and, and intelligent and sort of glitzy, and that's funny, and it's, it's, it's kind of cool, and it's interesting, and it's edgy, and all of that. It, it puts that facade of momentary charisma on you, and if you don't play that out, you actually fail. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Coffee and Memes on Threshold.fm, where today we will be posing the question, why has Fresh returned to drum and bass to make Jump Up? I think it's a reasonable question that any normal drum and bass fan uh, would like an answer to. And why does it sound so much like Tour by Mackie G? Why? 
so many questions, so few answers. You know, he's returned. He, he like, is it like, you know, old retired gangsters? You know, that have got away with it for so many years, like old retired bank robbers or whatever, getting pulled back into the game for one last job. A little bit, I imagine it a little bit like Sexy Beast. You know, where Fresh is the Ray Winston character. He's down in Spain somewhere, somewhere hot, you know, poolside. He's looking like an old bit of leather. It's lying there, you know, it's fat, bloated, you know, just soaking up the sun, drinking, sweating. And then drum and bass in the form of Ben Kingsley's character comes in and repeatedly calls him a cunt. Then he comes back to do one more jump-up tune. <laughs> That's what the people want, Fresh. Come on, Fresh. Fuck you, Fresh. Fat Fresh. Fat cunt. 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 Fuck you, cunt. <laughs> Eat more jump-up. Come on. And he's, he's on the plane. They're touching his front bottom. It's absolutely out of control. Um, Billy Piper said it best because I want to. Is that right? Did she, is she, she said it best? I don't know. What did Billy Piper say best? I mean, she said yes to marrying Chris Evans. So I don't know how seriously we can take anything else she says. I mean, didn't he buy her a Ferrari full of roses? It's an impractical place to keep roses, I would say. You want to drive that Ferrari, not get fucking pricked by thorns. Which I imagine is what having sex with Chris Evans is like. Getting pricked by thorns. But nevertheless, uh, we motor on. Um, Guys, look, what are we talking about here? Guy turns his bedroom into a Harry Potter-themed chamber. Okay, avoid this man. Uh, avoid this man like the plague, particularly if you're female. Um, you know, if you're a man of fighting age, like myself, and you're jacked out of control, sure. Um, you can approach this man. I presume he's not a, a strong gentleman. Perhaps I, I, I doubt he lifts, should we say. Um, but anyway, he's turned his bedroom into a Harry Potter-themed chamber. Okay. It's a Fritzel dungeon is what it is. Guys, I'll be honest with you. It's an upmarket Fritzel dungeon. And I don't think anyone should be going there. It's uh, truly terrifying, but we will get into that. Uh, 52 million quid's worth of gear has washed up on French beaches. That can't be an actual picture of it. No way. I mean, that's making it look like... Right, look. Come here. Come here. Come on, look at this, guys. Come on. Look, that can't be gear that's washing up. Like, that's just froth, isn't it? That's, that's just flopsam and jetsam. The sea jizz. It's Neptune's jizz. Poseidon's spunk. Yeah? Poseidon's man milk. That, that's a lot. So, I mean, it's going on for a ton of gear. A ton of nose bags washed up on beaches in southwest France over the past few weeks. The parcel is said to be worth around 52 million quid. It's been found on several beaches, including Cap Breton et Lepage. Uh, the prosecutor's office of the city of Rennes said it's suspected packages have been found on all beaches uh, from the Loire, Lurie. Uh, Atlantic uh, Department uh, down to Lanz uh, Department. Lanz Department is a stretch of coast measuring more than 500 kilometres. Police have now launched an investigation into where the drugs could have come from. With authorities in Rennes uh, saying the cocaine is particularly pure and harmful. 
Define harmful, eh? By particularly pure, do you mean good? Do you mean particularly good and enjoyable of an evening in a boozer? Maybe that's what they mean. French media have reported that two people were out for a walk on Friday and they found a three kilo parcel and alerted the cops. Narcs. Cops have told anyone who comes across other suspicious packages not to touch them and to call the police. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Right, anyway, who wants a trip to the French coast? Let's, uh, let's, go, let's go and have a look. This isn't the first time millions of quid's worth of drugs have washed up on a beach. In August, police in New Zealand announced they were launching an investigation after more than 1.5 million's worth of cocaine was found on Bethel's Beach in Auckland. Total 19 plastic-wrapped bricks were washed up on the shore. After testing, we found the cocaine were worth more than £1.5 million. Um, authorities believe the packages have been in the water for a while, as shells were spotted caught within the netting the drugs were wrapped in. Wow. One unnamed retired cop told New Zealand Herald, Seems to me like the cocaine was probably part of a big alarm, and this path had gotten away. I would think... They would be looking at ships rather than planes. You'd be looking at boats coming into sea and out of the area. Uh, the most likely thing I would think is that the boat's come in and dropped it off and then someone else has gone in there and picked it up. Well, that's a cool story, bro. Thanks for your input, retired cop. Unnamed retired cop. What else do we have? Nativity rolls could predict your future earnings as an adult. Seems unlikely, but okay, let's let's go with it. Claire Reed of the Lad Bible. Uh, remember what part you played in the school nativity? I feel like I was probably one of the three wise men. I would assume so, if not the baby Jesus himself. Uh, well, whether you were top billing as Mary or Joseph, uh, or palmed off as a donkey or sheep, uh, and you, I'm sure I remember someone whose role um, in the nativity play was as a door. They're a barn door. Which is somewhat esoteric. Um, well, whether you were top... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a new study has revealed which parts result in the brightest future. My money's on donkey. Yep, as weird as it sounds, a survey of 2,000 people has looked at roles played in the festive season school plays and how they are getting on as adults. And let me tell you, it's good news for anyone who played Knox. <laughs> Uh, with those coming out as the future top earners on an average salary of uh, £43,000 and most likely to be working in advertising. Not far behind is Angel Gabriel, who will grow up to earn 40000 uh, with jobs in marketing. Mary and Joseph also did well, earning 39 k and 38k respectively, and most likely to work in retail, Mary, finance, Joseph. Okay, quite heavily gendered roles there. Uh, I'm impressed that it seems to... Well, it's almost as if the girls are more likely to play Mary and boys more likely to play Joseph and women more likely to take up retail and men more likely to take up finance. Imagine that. Um, well, this is fun. There's a lot of... You can do a lot of fun things when you're just doing random... Like, take doing random surveys. Yeah, You just get a lot of information about people and then start looking for correlations obviously you can't prove causation with any of this but there's a lot of fun like for example there was some hospital that that got all their data together and they found that like well if you're a sagittarius you're like 
infinitely like you're like four or five times more likely to come in with a broken arm you know and you just i mean obviously it's completely meaningless it's just that's how the data has fallen but you can do all this sort of ridiculous stuff oh you know if you were born on a leap year you're more likely to i don't know get the hiv from a passing salesman or something there's a lot there's there's a lot that you, you can have a lot of fun like there, there's a few websites you can go on which you do it's like oh well if you're the country you live in is more prone to earthquakes then you're more likely to have a j in your name wow holy shit oh this is crazy stuff yeah okay well good news about those of you playing ox the wise men falling quite low down uh, here. Money aside, kids who played Jesus' parents are also destined to be pretty happy with their lives. The study carried out by Virgin Media's Christmas Stars. Okay, they sound like a, a legitimate... <laughs> the, 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 the study carried out by Henry Brubacker at the Institute for Studies uh, found a whopping 92% of adults who played Mary... Uh, when they were younger, said they were happy with their jobs, while 91% of Joseph actors said they were satisfied. Nice. Meanwhile, at the other end of the scale, lambs will work in healthcare and earn 20k. Narrators, 24k, working in education. Donkeys, 25k, and working in in IT. And all non-Gabriel Angels are going to pick up 25k too. Thing is, yeah, you've only surveyed 2,000 people. That's not very many. You know, it's hard to... You know, you've probably got a sort of correlative stuff of like about five people do, doing things. It's not, it's not much of a sample size. Come on, YouGov. These are the sort of things you need to be carrying out. Yeah, Gallup, uh, the other poll fucking people. These are these are the pe- things people need answers to, yeah? Do I need to get my kid the part as the donkey? Or do, is a barn door going to mean he goes on in life to become a rent boy sleeping with Labour MPs? Don't know. Elsewhere, innkeepers grew uh, grew up to earn 37k. Shepherds end up in IT, 29k. Three kings and three wise men, 26k. Not good, is it? Most likely to work in construction. Well, um, not me. 9% of those asked also admitted to wishing one of the leading actors would become ill so they could step in and steal the show. Nice. Not full of Christmas cheer, that is, is it? Uh, Whereas one in three... Uh, those asked said that they were more than happy to hide away in the chorus rather than take centre stage. Uh, however, not everyone has negative memories of nativity plays, with 22% saying that their role made them feel proud. And one in five saying it helped boost their confidence. And three out of five saying that Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. All right. Well, it seems people who were in nativity, most people in nativity plays as a child, grow up to be pretty woke by the sounds of it. So that's good news. Guys... Listen, let's open up lines of communication about shoe throwers. What have we got? Um, let's have this. It's sort of weird and footworky, I guess. Uh, it's called Seven Ant Foley, and it's by Kimian Law. Um, so enjoy this at your leisure. We'll <laughs> 
going on in this number, I like it. It's by Kimian Law, it's called Seven Ant Foley. a record okay and this is a radio show and that is the end of that uh vegetarian cried all night after finding chicken in her vegetable curry and yet again well i'm slightly uh bemused that this is a vegetarian rather than a vegan as the vegetarians are generally just normal reasonable people but um and they're much less hysterical 
Um, so this is um, perhaps a little bit much. Um, a vegetarian says she'll never eat another curry after a takeaway, go for a chicken dish rather than a meat-free version that she had ordered. Um, best day of her life, uh, as as is often the case with this, as she's now she has now achieved peak uh, vegetarian victim status of accidentally touching some meat. Uh, an animal rights activist, uh, Tanya Baxter, cried all night after she ordered a vegetable curry from Melton Spice in her hometown of Mel- Melton uh, Constable in Norfolk, but immediately uh, bit down onto a big bit of chicken. The 45-year-old mum stopped eating meat 10 years ago, but still enjoyed getting a takeaway until her experience on Friday evening, the 8th of November. She claims that her friend, who collected the meal from the takeaway, uh, was reassured that the vegetable curry Tanya ordered for herself did not contain any meat. Uh, You'd have to think that was pretty much the minimum requirement. However, she explained, as soon as I took a mouthful, I knew instantly the texture on my teeth was meat, so I spat it out straight away, and then cried all night. Then I looked at the rest of the curry and saw saw the same pieces of chicken. Angered by this, she called up the takeaway to complain. Um... But the response she got from them didn't exactly make things better. Now, what response do you think? Um, do you think she wanted for them to go? Oh my God, that's the worst thing we've ever done. We will close down our business immediately. We will cease trading, fire everybody, and dedicate our lives uh, to breaking into farms and freeing animals. What? What do you want? She said there was no remorse, no apology. No provocation, no warning, no survivors. She, uh, he said to me three times, come back and I'll make you another curry. Uh, but that wasn't the point. Apparently that wasn't what she was after. I think that's pretty reasonable of him. Oh, we made a mistake, did we? Sorry about that. We'll make you a fresh one. Uh, I think that's the appropriate response, isn't it? Uh, my whole experience was completely devastating and I was in tears all night. Honestly, if I bit into a curry and it turned out that instead of the meat I'd ordered, there was poo in it, actual human poo, I mean, obviously I would be disgusted and that it would be a serious issue. I wouldn't cry all night, though. What's crying all night going to achieve? Grow up. Were you a baby? Boo-hoo. My 12-year-old daughter is not a vegetarian, uh, but she was so upset she didn't eat her own dinner. And now you're starving your kids with the emotional trauma you're causing them by being a fucking baby. Unbelievable. Although, fair play to you for allowing your daughter to not be vegetarian. Um, you know, some parents force their kids into, you know, ways of eating, which... Anyway, that's topic for another time. Uh, Tanya's eldest daughter even went down to the restaurant to ask for a proper explanation. What sort of explanation are you expecting? Uh, yeah, we, we made a mistake. No, we want a proper explanation. Well... Um, okay, we did it deliberately because we hate you, um, because we're racist. We're racist against whites, we hate them, and we want them to die, and we're going to kill them by feeding... I mean, vegetarians, they're allergic to meat. They die if they eat meat, don't they? No. No, they just they just don't want to eat it. Oh! Oh, we thought that they would die. Oh, well, we're going to have to rethink our strategy. Um, Tanya added, They just weren't grasping how upsetting it was for someone who is against slaughter and eating animals. They just didn't seem to care. (laughs) 
What if someone had a serious allergy? Well, you don't have a serious allergy, do you? That's a completely different situation. And we're given the wrong dish. Yes, well, that would be very bad. You know, but I imagine they're likely to take it a little bit more seriously if someone goes in there with a fucking nut allergy. Someone could die because of this. Well, not because of accidentally eating meat. This isn't something I will get over. <laughs> to go through that and experience that kind of attitude. <laughs> I'll never eat curry again. <laughs> oh, I can guarantee that. Well, curry, I'm sure, is going to be crying itself to sleep tonight. Oh, dear. An entire continent is going to be crying itself to sleep because you will never eat curry again. Wow. Following her upsetting experience, Tanya is now set on warning others. Great, yeah, of course. She's got a point too, has she? For their part, uh, Rakim Imam, who works at Mountain Spice, said, somebody called to say there was chicken and a vegetable curry and we've refunded them. Uh, if there was a mistake, we'd have to see the curry first and we can investigate what happened. The lady said he had chicken in it, but she refused to bring it back to us. All right, well, maybe she's making the whole thing up. Wouldn't surprise me. Maybe she hates the people in the takeaway. Again, probably because she's racist. And... She's trying to smear them uh, with this whole chicken routine. Um, she's traumatised her daughter. Um, she's, she, she probably needs to be committed, I think. I think that would probably be the easiest thing for everyone. Month in a padded cell should sort it out, I guess. Anyway, let's get on to this lunatic cuck that's made his bedroom into a Harry Potter-themed chamber slash Fritzl dungeon. Guy turns his bedroom into a Harry Potter-themed chamber slash Fritzl dungeon. Uh, there's... Being a Harry Potter fan, and then there's turning your room into a chamber that looks like it would be perfectly at home in Hogwarts or in an Austrian basement. Um, that's um, What's even better is that he did it all on a budget. Brilliant. I'm not bothered by the... It's not the cost of it that bothers me. Uh, meaning if you have the time and the desire, it wouldn't actually cost you that much. Well, I've neither of those things, so, you know. Brian Thompson, a barista from Thousand Oaks, California... Oh, I just can just imagine him. He'd be the type to complain about getting meat, accidentally getting meat in a curry. Decided he quite fancied himself as a bit of a, uh, quite fancied himself a bit of renovation work after he visited the wizarding world of Harry Potter at Universal Studios in Atla in Orlando. He also thought he would like to keep women hostage in there and breed with them and keep the children hostage in there too. Uh, the set tours. Uh, the set tour shows off the amazing interior of the film, and it gave Brian all the inspiration he needed to create his own Potter-themed dungeon. Um, when he came home, he decided to start looking for furniture in second-hand stores and accessories that would look at home in the castles for witches and wizards. Uh, over the next year, he carefully collected the things that he needed to bring his idea to life, um, along with numerous young women who are now not allowed to leave. Speaking to the blog, Cordially Carrington, Brian said, oh, My furniture is from the Goodwill or other local thrift stores. Each red chair in my room was about $6. The black display case was $5. I must have made over 100 trips to thrift stores over the 18 months to find everything I have. Everything is covered in a thin layer of caulking so I could... I could protect and paint it easily. The trees have a chicken wire fence structure and I covered it that I covered in great stuff insulation foam. Alright. 
He created a realistic, star-filled sky. He used uh, fairy lights in a very creative manner. Okay. Uh, he continued, I found the perfect LED string light on Amazon and ordered about eight strands, each with a hundred lights. I painted the wires black and painted the ceiling black. Then I used a stable gun to sporadically distribute them through the sky. I often use the stable gun on my women. If they get unruly, sometimes I staple them to the wall. Uh, then he used it. Anyway, look. Uh, people have understandably been more than impressed with the transformation. Um, however, the parents of the women he is now holding hostage are starting a class action lawsuit against him. Um, looks like he might have found his calling in life. Well, uh, should we try and dig, dig out a picture of him? Let's just... Uh, Brian Thompson... Uh, Harry Potter. Come on, buddy. Where is he? Is that him? Hmm. Okay. Right. He looks like a psycho murderer. I think he could do some murdering, definitely. I think he's got a little bit of the murder. It'd be definitely a bit of the Bateman about him, isn't there? A little bit of the Patrick Bateman about him. Yes. Okay. Fine. I need a couple of hard bodies. <laughs> God. Um, right, let's have another one of these uh, shoe-throwing uh, records. Uh, document one. Vibration. Nice bit of gear, this. Uh, it's on Shogun, I presume. Yeah. Are you still a card-carrying member of the Labour Party? Or didn't you cut your card into pieces? Because <laughs> they refused to cancel your membership. I remember something like that.
Yep, sorry, there's no unsubscribed to mailing lists in the communist utopia. Document one, vibration on Shogun Audio. Um, this will surely be uh, the pop hit of the summer. Uh, I believe they're going on top of the pops um, with uh, presenter uh, Jimmy. I think it's Jimmy who presents it uh, la later this fall. Um, guys, uh, Elon Musk issues apocalyptic warning about digital superintelligence denial. Okay, forget about climate change denial. It's digital superintelligence denial. And Big Elion wants you to stop denying the goddamn facts. Uh, climate change deniers refuse to admit that human-caused global warming poses a grave risk to life on, Earth, life on Earth. But Elon Musk has once again warned of another uh, uh, existential danger uh, that many people are failing to face up to. The billionaire is an outspoken doommonger. Uh, who fears super fast or super smart computers are destined to conquer the earth and annihilate humanity. Now he's issued a warning about the dangers of denying the threat that the superintelligence poses to our species. Obviously, this is Hamill on the case. Um, any alien story is, of course, Hamill. Um, uh, now, uh, on Twitter, Musk responded to a tweet from the writer uh, Robert McFarlane, who quoted a New York Times article and wrote, I wonder if the essence of climate denial among disbelieving Americans is an unwillingness to accept there is anything in the world so powerful it could overrule them. Musk then replied, same goes for digital superintelligence denial. Good old Elion. Uh, the subtext of the tweet suggests uh, the rise of the machine. Is this all just based off one Twitter reply from Musk? Jesus. The subtext of this tweet suggests the rise of the machines is a threat comparable to the danger of climate change. Elon fears. Elon's fears are shared by many experts, most notably the late Stephen Hawking, yet it is quite out of step with some of the billionaire techno-optimists of Silicon Valley. 
Who's that? Is that Brian Cox? No. I don't know. Um, last year, it was claimed that Google founder Larry Page dismissed Elon's fears as speciesist. What? Uh, during an, arg- uh, an argument at the Napa Valley party in 2015. Speciesist? A uh, bit weird. Top professor at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, alleged the two tech moguls clashing in a long and spirited debate in the early hours of the morning. Um, in the book, Life 3.0, Human Being Human in the Age of Artificial Intelligence, Max Tegmark wrote, Page's main concerns were that AI paranoia would delay the digital utopia and or cause a military takeover of AI, uh, that would fall foul of Google's Don't Be Evil slogan. Elon kept pushing back and asked Larry to clarify details of his argument, such as why he was so confident that digital life wouldn't destroy everything we care about. At times, Larry accused Elon of being speciesist, uh, treating certain life forms as inferior just because they were silicone-based rather than carbon-based. What? So what he's saying that what we should be treating machines as as equals, or we speciesist? Okay, uh, Tegmark and Page uh, were talking about a children's book called "The Day My Butt Went Psycho." Huh? What? Huh? <laughs> that sounds like one of those. Um, what's that guy called? Um, Chuck Tingle. <laughs> One of those Chuck Tingle gay romance books. The day, the day my, a children's book called The Day My Butt Went Psycho. At the party before the two billionaires locked horns after cocktails. The MIT professor said Page is a passionate supporter of digital utopia, utopianism. Digital utopianism sounds equally as terrifying as communist utopianism to me. Uh, which holds that robots and AI are not a threat to the future of our species. Okay. Uh, Larry said the digital life is the uh, natural and desirable next step in the cosmic evolution and that if we let digital minds be free rather than try to stop and enslave them, the, the outcome is almost certain to be good. Almost. I, that's a little bit of a worrying opinion, I think, from the man who owns Google. Uh, he argued that If life is ever going to be spread throughout our galaxy, uh, which he thought it should, then it would need to do do so in digital form. Elon Musk isn't alone in his fears about the development of artificial intelligence. Last year, Stephen Hawking said AI is likely to replace humans altogether and become a new form of life that will outperform our fleshy, flabby species. Is it acceptable to hate robots? What? Yes, I loathe those metal monsters, or no, robophobia is a hate crime. Hamill? Fuck's sake, yes, I loathe those metal monsters. Yeah, 69%. Nice. Um, got the comments saying. Joe Woe, another apocalyptic clickbait story from Hamill. <laughs> Your life must be so fun, lol. <laughs> Hamill getting shade thrown at him in the comments. Rich Payne, hopefully the robots will do a better job of looking after the planet than we are. Okay, Rich Payne, cheers. Certainly a better job than you fucking are, Rich Payne. Too busy commenting on the Metro. Um, much like me. Uh, Boris Johnson tried mopping a floor in floods, but just made things worse. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, firefighter got lookalike to take DNA tests to avoid paying child maintenance. Oh, that's a bit of fun. Wow. 
The um the king of the getting the lookalike to do stuff for you is of course um Return of the Max Mark Morrison, who got a lookalike. He paid well. He paid. It actually wasn't a lookalike. He paid a white guy to go and do his community service for him, uh, and obviously he got rumbled. <laughs> the, the subtle differences in looks, um, and so I think got got charged with the uh, I don't know more community service I guess for that. Um, firefighter got lookalike to take DNA test to avoid paying child maintenance. Firefighter who enlisted the help of a friend. Uh, to try and get out of paying child maintenance, has been spared jail for the offence. Simon Jordan, 33, denied that he was the father of a baby born to a nurse and agreed to take a paternity test to avoid having to pay 16 grand. However, he enlisted the help of his mate, uh, Jason Lee Coles. All right, I don't know whether or not that's a relation of Justin Lee Collins. Perhaps that's his new alias. I don't know. Uh, 33. All right, I'll help you out with your paternity test. No worries, mate. I'll just comb my hair to look a little bit like you. Do you want me to beat her up as well? No, no, Justin, no. No, no, just just go and just have them take your DNA. All right, nice one. I thought I'd do a, try and do a show about getting like all the gang back together. Justin, shut up. Just go and take the paternity test or you won't get your money. All right, then. Uh, Coles provided him with a DNA sample and photo ID. Wow. Uh, but the mother of Jordan's child was adamant that he was the father and the child support agency launched an investigation. He's a weird-looking dude. And they discovered the scam. And the two men were taken to Shrewsbury Crown Court, uh, where they admitted conspiracy to commit fraud between July 20th and August 24th in, in 2017. Jordan now owes the woman the money and was given a 12-month prison sentence uh, suspended for 18 months. Uh, he will also have to carry out 200 hours of community service. Well, he might have the opportunity to pull the Mark Morrison trick again there. Carl was given a six-month pres- uh, prison sentence suspended for a year. We'll also have to do 200 hours of community service. Uh, that'd be a fun one when you turn up to community service with all the other fucking ne'er-do-wells and you have to sit in the minivan and uh, everyone tells each other what why they're there. That'd be a fun story to tell. When I did community service, there was... <sighs> Everyone, it was all petty criminals. No one, no, it was all like someone had been, someone was there for th- ringing up his mate and threatening to kill him. Um, someone else was, uh, a lot of people there for drugs, mainly drugs. Um, we were all digging graves in Worthing Cemetery. It was, it was not, uh, it was not my finest moment. Anyway, um, Judge Peter Barry said, people must take responsibility for the outcome. Uh, if a child is conceived, where the circumstance, whatever the circumstances might be, uh, if you now accept that you are the father, then this offence was an attempt to avoid paying by deceiving the child support authorities uh, by providing a test that would not support your paternity. I mean, if you look at it from her position, right? You know, she could be pretty sure. I mean, you know, you can be pretty sure that someone's the father. It's like, well, didn't have sex with anyone else with the, you know, around that time. So I guess. Unless it's an immaculate conception, it's probably the guy I shagged. And he's like, yeah, no, it's not me. Well, it fucking was you. So what are you fiddling here? Like, that's a pretty stupid thing to do to try and trick it. Like, if someone's obviously certain that you're the dad. Ridiculous. Um, You knew full well that a test uh, that would support your paternity would result in support payments. Poor kid, man. 
Poor fucking kid. Like all those uh, things, like on Mori Povich and Jerry Springer and Ricky Late, where they do the paternity test things, and like someone's found to not be the father. They're like, yes, fucking come on, in your face. Like, but poor kid, just like, hmm, great. Okay, so wow, that is rough. Andrew, uh, he added that his behaviour was clearly financially motivated and bid to derail support for a child. Um, Andrew Holland, defending Jordan, said uh, hearing he was the father of a child was a bolt out of the blue. He added he accepted it was an utterly foolish thing to get his friend to take the test for him. Cool. John Wareham in the comments says, what a pair of scumbags. Uh, Barbara Ford says, The grinning idiot seems to think it's a joke. It'll surely be a lot more than £16,000 by the time the child is 18. What a fool of a friend. Um, wow. Great. Well, oh, here it is. Grime for Corbin. It's here. Robin, it's here. <laughs> Grime for Corbin. MCs drop support for Labour League. Oh. They, huh? Well, they're not supporting him or they are supporting him? Um, what's going on? Come on, guys, load up. The UK grime community don't look like they'll be offering Jeremy Corbyn the same support that they did for the 2017 election. Oh, dear. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to be having lunch with JME anymore. Oh, dear. I was thinking the only way that Corbyn's going to be going to win is if he if he goes live on air getting bummed by Stormzy while eating, I don't know, eating a vegan lunch or something. Dick, oh, dear. Well, that's uh, rough times for, for Corbs, I guess. Um, who could you go? I don't know the. Maybe, what about like, One Direction? Get them on side. JL JLS, yeah, they still a thing. Get them on. Little Mix, Little Mix, come out pro Corbin. Little Mix, <laughs> like, uh, God, ridiculous. Right, look, let's have one more bit. And then uh, we will... And then Parallaxed. Coming up at 11, our boy, our friend, your friend, and mine. Parallaxed with a roll call for an hour. Quality, high-grade, shoe-throwing business. Uh, not something to fuck about, too. Um, just bloody well get on and lobby shoes and stuff. Um, right, look. Prolix, Jake's, Malix. It's called Flip Out. It's absolutely fine. Under pressure, got to hold the ground Fight through the fire, call it soldiers out 
us that is Prolix, uh, Jake's, and Malik's uh, with Flip Out. Um, this grime for Corbyn uh, situation is uh, pretty wild, actually. So the UK grime community don't look like they'll be offering Jeremy Corbyn the same support as they did in the 2017 general election. Um, they encourage young people across the country to vote and pledge their support for the Labour Party with the offers of tickets to a secret rave if they did. Uh, MCJME even interviewed Corbyn and explained to him why bare of us don't vote. Uh, but the hype of the grime for Corbyn movement appears to have died down ahead of the upcoming December 12 general election, with many big names in the scene doubting its effectiveness. A manager, who was asked not to be named, told The Guardian the general consensus is that they were used. Um, shocking. <laughs> uh, they didn't follow up. They weren't expecting a general election so soon, and it's a bit late to go to the grime community now after ignoring us. Uh, several prominent artists, including Jamie, have not responded to requests to take part in the campaign this year. Grime artist AJ Tracy backed the Labour leader back in 2017 because he was the best of a bad bunch and appeared in a video showing his support. But in a recent interview with The Observer, he said he wouldn't be voting this time for Corbyn, uh, who he said failed to capitalise on the movement's momentum. Novelist joined the Labour Party uh, before the previous election, but has since declined to discuss his previous involvement with Grime for Corbyn. Jamie's older brother Skepta said in an interview with Q that Grime artists had sold themselves for a fucking bullshit. And he said four months after campaign politics, uh, uh, said four months after the campaign, politicians don't give a fuck about us again. Shocking stuff. Shocking, shocking stuff. But one of Grime for Corbyn's organisers, Adam Cooper, denies any artists were used or manipulated. He said the group have since delivered workshops and spoken to youth clubs and colleges to discuss the effect uh, they have had on youth politics. The movement also signed an open letter opposing injunctions which prevent drill rappers from performing certain songs because of their violent lyrics. Uh, Cooper said doing less high-profile work uh, could have made it look like the organisation had disappeared, although the Grime for Corbyn website is no longer active. Uh, the campaign was also involved in the Fuck Boris Street Party, which was held after the Prime Minister stepped into the number 10 in the number 10 in July. Another rave is due to be held in Johnson's Ox uh, Uxbridge constituency on Saturday. Many more are planned in areas including Kensington, Birmingham, Bristol, Glasgow and Barnet. Yeah, that's the sort of political engagement, really, that young people tend to go for. Rather than actually getting behind someone, supporting someone, they're just like, fuck the other guy. Well, are you going to vote against him? Probably not. Just probably not, not going to bother. But fuck him. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, is that going to work? Is, is that a good political strategy? Is that effective? Is that going to get your guy? Well, I don't have a guy. But fuck that guy. Okay, good. Yeah, that's that's good. Cooper says the discourse around young people has changed and that their attention is now more drawn to the Fuck Boris movement. Okay, the PM played off Stormzy's use of the slogan at Glastonbury by saying he was actually asking the audience to back Boris. <laughs> the rapper Slow Tie ruffled some feathers with his Mercury Prize performance in which he held up an effigy of Boris Johnson's severed head. A Fuck Boris spokesperson said the upcoming election was time to limit the impact of student voting, as many will have left their student towns for Christmas. Operation Black Vote 2017 Karen campaigner Lester Holloway said grassroots and street movements played a big role in Labour winning a 77% share of the ethnic minority vote. He said something new and fresh is needed this year, uh, that it makes sense for Grime for Corbyn not to make, make it too boring by repeating themselves. 
Okay. Um, what a shit show, man. Just in general. God, what an absolute bloody shit show. That's that's my opinion on politics. What a shit show. Burn it all to the ground. Not literally. Um, guys, look. It's pretty much the end of the show, I think. I think we can all agree that, that three minutes left is, is probably the end of the show. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. Now follows Parallaxed with Roll Call for an hour on Threshold.fm. Join on whatever uh, listening platform is available to you. Uh, so that's nothing on Android, um, I'm afraid, for live listens. Um, but you can, you know, get your web browser up on your phone and just go to Threshold.fm and listen like that. Uh, apologies for that. But apparently the, uh, the, the developers have said that on Thursday they reckon they'll be pushing a update of the Android version uh, that will work. Um, I don't know how much uh, hope I have in that, but we'll see, won't we? Maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe we all will be. Um, but, yeah, my suggestion, go to the website. The, 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 it's Don't worry, there's stuff is coming. It will be fine. I've just finished the uh, Trickstar app. That's on, well waiting to be approved on the app store so full hog into the threshold one now oh lord a lord of mercy thank you so much to everyone that is supporting on patreon we would not be able to do any of this without you so thank you very much for that and um, you're very decent humans i love you dearly and um, that's greg cornford oliver hooper tom ryan reese moss and squidgy beats polly hart and kieran r michael krasinski matt tompkins dave long joel Potter, sam howard tony J, richard patterson tom cam stephen harris matthew bull i'm a thunderbuck mike pile lily answer richard franks thomas hall joe brider john finnison bdr crew peter bashford austin grief cooper Gandy lightfield james parry hand of bartender lady squivington lee in the menace underwood dan fucking morris guard no stds mzmc josh williams rob pamphy should be t coco shiva dan elton uh mr pope double crest is actually superior to our base chris bates the build in bates lee follow d general jemby flaxis matt wright grant sullivan tom robinson Dab Smasher, Connor Smythe, Kevin Kaiser, Chris Shaw, Cosmic Wolf, Meatloaf, Nick Brop, Sean Simpson, Robin Card, Hugh Downer, Sarah Hunt, The Hitch, Muffs, LA, Ben Virgo, Dan Tweedley, Bay Sellers, Big Watch, My Hill, Mighty Danny, Nick Fleming, Carl Lewis, Gordon and Liz, Tom Skipper, unfortunately, it's George DC, Anthony Sharp, Claudio Lushmere, Benish, Rem Roche, Timid, John Forsyth, Anderson, PSN, Godlight, MC Hammer, Daddy, Your Mum, Leonardo Gervais, Big Eight, Chapter 13, and Grant Shepard. Guys, Parallax Roll Call for the next hour. Tune in, enjoy it. And get out there and put cock to vag. Okay? I love you all. I will see you tomorrow. Um, and fucking just, just slang it. Just slang it.